Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 5.05 a.m. East Coast time. It is Wednesday, October 30th, and we have a massive 11-game NBA slate like we usually do on Wednesdays here. Lots of injury news, as you can see over my shoulder if you're watching on the video version, if you're watching on, watching on or listening on the podcast version. How's it going? My name is Sal Vecchi. I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. Welcome back to the channel and podcast I'm excited to get into this one, but right before we do, if you can hit that subscribe button, if you get any value from this video, linked up down below is my Patreon exclusive content where I have my NBA model and projections as well as the target offense sheet. And then for the NFL, there's about 20 to 25 hours of work that goes into that. Tons of stuff for the NFL that you can read all about if you're interested. Linked down below. If you do sign up to Patreon today, at the end of the month, they, they well, they first off charge you up front, but then they also charge you on the first of the month. So just let me know on the first of the month that you signed up in the last couple of days of October, and I will refund um, your purchase these last couple of days uh, for October once you get charged for November. So that's just the logistics of that because a lot of people have been asking about that. I have no control over that. I wish I did. Patreon, if you're listening, probably not. Don't know why you would, but if for some reason uh, you are, it'd be great if you can get that sorted out. So linked up down below is also my social media accounts at DFS on Twitter, Salvetri Instagram. Starting in November, there will be more content on Instagram and then Sal Vetri on the Facebook page. That all said, there's a huge slate, so let's just crack right into it. Appreciate all the love and support that everybody's given me. We're about to hit 14,000 subscribers if we have not already by the time you're listening to this. So thank you, each and every one of you. And if you could leave a five-star rate and review on the podcast version, if you're listening there, it really helps and goes a long way. You'll also be entered into a raffle for a fantasy draft ticket for this Sunday's main event. Three people will be awarded on Saturday. Let's start off with the injury news. We'll get it right out of the way really, really quick. I'm just going to sort it on my end. I'm going to sort it by team so we can hit these on a team-by-team basis. Hit a quick hitter thing on the injury stuff, quick hitter on the target offense sheet, then get into the early interests. So, starting with Boston, Ennis Cantor is scheduled to miss once again with his knee injury. This was already uh, planned. He was supposed to miss a couple of games. Uh, Daniel Tice, who was also questionable, would be the main guy to start in his place. If he doesn't go, it's Robert Williams and Grant Williams. And really, these guys just split the minutes up. They gave some other four minutes or some other fours, some five minutes here and there. And it just really got messy. Robert Williams was the main guy to see minutes at the five. But even that, his price is now at 4600 There's really not much I have interest in here. Maybe, maybe Daniel Tice, if he plays, and we can put him in for 28 minutes. But even that seems thin, as all these guys are priced up in a brutal matchup against Milwaukee's defense. Uh, again, Daniel Tice is the next guy on the same Boston team. He's questionable with an ankle injury. He practiced a lot. He did not have a full practice, but they said that he did a lot in practice on Tuesday. So we'll see if he plays again. He's 4,400. I'd probably have the most interest in him if he does suit up over $4,600 Robert Williams. But even then, it, it's kind of thin on an 11-game slate, in my opinion. Nicholas Batum will remain out for two to three more weeks with a finger injury. Wendell Carter Jr. is probable with a thumb injury. He was listed probable yesterday. Uh, this is now for the Bulls in Chicago. Another Bull, Otto Porter, is probable with a mouth injury. He got hit in the face. But anyways, they've been monitoring his hip all season long. Like, we did see him get a good 30-minute run. But before that, it was all in the low to mid-20s. 
And they said they have been watching his hip injury, so he's kind of a scary play to want to roster. Yes, he's down to 4,500 in a good matchup against Cleveland, but it's a scary play to want to actually pull the trigger on. Going to Detroit, Blake Griffin is going to be out for probably another week or so. They said through the first week of November, maybe one to one to, one to two weeks. It's going to help Markeith Morris. Christian Wood, who played 21 minutes, just balled out the other night, going for over, what, 35 fantasy points plus. Um, it's going to impact him, and also Andre Drummond overall's point per minute to go up. Reggie Jackson has been ruled out again. I imagine you continue to see Tim Frazier start in his place. He was ruled out on Tuesday with this back injury. Um, probably going to linger a little bit. Derek Rose will also get a bump, and Luke Kennard will also get more shot attempts, in, if I had to assume, uh, going to Golden State. So some big news here for Golden State. They ruled Kevon Looney out, which the last time they ruled him out, Draymond Green started at the 5, and whenever Draymond goes from the 4 to the 5, it's going to be a huge day for him. More rebounds. He's just going to get way more aggressive with steals, easier shot opportunities, and gets to really just... The offense worked through him and Steph a lot more there, whether it's pick and pop, pick and roll, whatever it might be. Uh, but now with Kevon Looney out, you would think Draymond would go back to the five, but Willie Cauley-Stein, he practiced. He practiced with the G team um, and the G League team, and now he's going to be back. He's probable. So we'll see what the starting lineup looks like, but I imagine Willie Cauley-Stein, who they acquired from Sacramento, is going to be the center today, and then that pushes Draymond Green to the four, and then that really ruins Glenn Robinson III's value. Glenn Robinson III had a really good game when Draymond went off because he was playing at the four. Now him playing at the three, you're relying on a young player's shot, right? Making his, um, really just relying on his shooting rather than rebounding and other peripherals. So keep an eye on that. $4,700 Willie Cauley sign would be starting against guys like Aaron Baines and Frank Kaminsky today in Phoenix. Next up, Jeremy Lamb. He's questionable today. He's leaning towards probable as he practiced Tuesday. It's going to affect Edmund Sunner, who's been starting in his place. But Sunner is also injured, and he's questionable with a ham injury, and they're saying he's a game-time decision. That's really just going to affect backup minutes for Justin Holiday. Paul George, we're going to the Clippers now, is out today. Once again, he'll return likely in two weeks. Landry Shamit and Mo Harkless probably see the biggest bump. Guys like Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams will also see role and usage bumps as well, continue to see it. Uh, some news now for New York. The scarred situation is disgusting, but it gets a little bit clearer today at at least as Alfred Payton is out. That's going to help potentially RJ Barrett, who's been bowling out as a rookie, still too cheap at 6,500. He is potentially going to start at point guard today. Frank Nielkina should be coming off the bench, and this will also impact Dennis Smith Jr., who's been seeing very limited minutes. Um, but Dennis Smith Jr. is very questionable today with a personal issue. His stepmother passed away. He missed the last game. He's only been playing about 10 minutes or so, but with Alfred Payton out, you would imagine that comes up to somewhere in the mid to high teens. If he's out as well, it's really just the R.J. Barrett and Frank Nielkina show. And R.J. Barrett right now, it seems, might be scheduled to start um, at point guard today. And if that's the case, I mean, the guy's just been balling out. They want to give him huge minutes. He's the only player that is really not being hit and maybe a little bit Julius Randle but really it's just truly RJ Barrett that is not being hit with the um with the Fisdale whatever disease it might be of just ruining the rotations for players we saw in the last game Alfred Payton started played six minutes then he doesn't play like the next 18 minutes of the first half it was just absolutely terrible or he came out with like one minute left Frank Nielakina comes off the bench so it's a really weird rotation RJ Barrett's a cheap price point today um, and should just have an even better role and again, he's like the only secure Nick. Going to Oklahoma City, Steven Adams got hurt. He left the game in the fourth quarter with a knee injury last time. He said to reporters that he's good to go, but he's officially listed as questionable. I imagine he plays. He's one of like the tougher players in this entire league. But if for some reason he doesn't, Nerlens Noel is sitting there at like the flat minimum today. And we know Nerlens Noel is one of the best point per minute producers. He's just kind of stuck behind a Steven Adams. So if he breaks free against the Portland team that is going to be having no Zach Collins, they obviously don't have no Yurchit, um, Nurkic. It's really just out there right now. 
Hassan Whiteside in some sort of mixture of Mario Hazonia and Kent Bazemore at the four. So this is a really good spot for New Orleans Noel. If for some reason Steven Adams misses, you probably go just 100% New Orleans Noel. I don't foresee that happening, but he is close to this question mark, so keep an eye on it. Now going to the other side of this game in Portland, Zach Collins is to miss again with a shoulder, shoulder injury. He's supposed to miss the next two games, so this one and another. And again, Mario Hazonia, Kent Bazemore, and then I believe it's Skull. Labisayer, I believe, is the three players who are just really going to get the minutes here all split up. It, it was kind of gross the other night. They all played. Uh, Bazemore played like in the high teens. Mario Hazonia played right around 20. And Skull got a little bit of a boost. Nobody really broke free there. Hazonia is probably the one with the biggest upside if he gets more minutes just from his pure offensive game. But that's about it. Sacramento, Marvin Bagley Jr. remains out for another three to five more weeks. Bielitsa had a good game the other night, and he's still not priced up. He's only 4,400 and a beneficial matchup against the Hornets, who are, I won't say undersized, but in terms of just lacking um, dominant defensive players, Cody Zeller's not really scaring me all that much. Marvin Williams, when he starts at the four, doesn't scare me that much. And really, he hasn't been starting at the four all that much as of late. Yeah, so this is a good matchup for guys like Bielitsa if he continues to start. Um, Harry Giles is going to be questionable. We have yet to see him play this season. But if Harry Giles plays, he's a power forward center who We'll get some backup center minutes with Rashawn Holmes, but not a lot. He's primarily going to play at the four, which, yes, would hurt Bielitsa's upside, especially if Harry Giles was to somehow start. Now, I imagine Bielitsa continues to start, and if you want to play him, you probably hope that Harry Giles doesn't return today. And then finishing up with Washington, the Wizards, Troy Brown Jr., and the guy that they've been waiting on. Last year, they let him run free a little bit towards the second half of the year when they were still in it, but barely in it for the playoffs. Uh, $4,000, he's going to start today. Not a high um, point-per-minute producer, but it's going to be interesting to see how he comes off this calf injury, expected to make his season debut. And Isaiah Thomas, who made his season debut in the last game, he's probable, once again, with a thumb injury. This thing that was lingering him in his surgery, but he's supposed to be on a 20-minute hard limit. He looked really good in his first game back. Well, I won't say really good, but in terms of fantasy, he was really good. A 20-minute limit for him, and that's all the injury news. So if you were paying attention to that, that is 20 names on an injury report, and once again, it is 5.14 a.m. East Coast time. That's all the things you have to know about as of right now. It's an 11-game slate with 22 teams, so these are the things that we're expecting to see, potential changes on the questionable players um, and potential starting lineups for the players who are out, who's in their place. But just be damn sure that there's going to be at least one to three things that just throw you off in terms of players just being ruled out last second, right? So keep an eye on all that. Last night it was Anthony Davis. He absolutely goes off, but he leaves the game during the game. Before the game, they say he's going to be a game time decision dealing with a shoulder injury. So just keep an eye on all of that. Let's go to the target offense sheet now. Um, and if you can, just hit the subscribe button and five-star rate and review when you get a chance. I really, really appreciate that. The only things that I need to do here is we're still waiting on the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers. We're waiting on their official line, and it might be out there now, but it wasn't out there about 20 minutes ago. So just looking at this sheet right here, you see the highest team total on the slate today um, is going to be the Houston Rockets, and it makes sense. I mean, they're eight-point favorites. They're going to be going up against Washington, and it's just a fantastic matchup for both Harden and Russ, and even Clint Capella, who continues to produce nicely. Does not seem like his rebounding has totally been impacted through three games. He had 12 week or the first game, and he's had six and seven in the last two games. So rebounding maybe taking a little bit of a bump down with Russell Westbrook there continuing to put up triple double type stats and that's really what hurt Steven Adams the last couple of years so something to keep an eye on for sure but yeah Russell Westbrook and both James Harden Harden is 10,100 Westbrook is still in the 9k range there's four studs today that just stand out at the top it's those two Houston Rockets it's Joel Embiid and it's Carl Anthony Towns now Towns has to face Embiid and Embiid has to face Towns but 
two of the top four or five, probably top three, honestly, offensive centers in the game um, going up against each other. And I mean, Towns improving on his defense. Joel Embiid's defense has just been absolutely fantastic for years now. Uh, It should be a tough matchup. But these two players from Houston are just both in great spots. Who do I prefer? I like both of them. I don't really have a chance stance right now. My projections, if you are interested, will be out later today, probably sometime around 1 p.m. And that's when I'll know exactly who I'm feeling good about. Um, But it seems like Russ is the guy who will hit his value the most. Um, It seems like also, though, that at 10,100, it's not hard for James Harden to do that either. So both of those guys are in a great spot as their 119.25 team total indicates one of the fastest paced games based on last year's pace statistics. And I'll be incorporating this year's pace statistics in about a week or so. It's just going to be Minnesota and Boston. These teams are going to play fast, or or Boston and Milwaukee. These teams are going to play fast. Uh, Boston played about league average last year. Milwaukee played well above the pace, uh, three possessions per game more than the league average. They both have a decent implied t- uh, team total. You have 112.25 for Milwaukee, 109.75 for Boston. It should be a good game. However, I'm kind of left just eh, not really seeing too much that I like. Um, we know Giannis, he's going to be priced up in a somewhat difficult matchup. You can get pieces of this Boston team that are somewhat and usually underpriced, like Jalen Brown, tough matchup. Jason Tatum, tough matchup. There's just not pieces that really stand out on an 11-game slate. I'm going to see if my interest in guys like Jalen Brown increases closer to um, game time. Uh, but guys like Eric Bledsoe with this defensive matchup against him, not really too interested in. Chris Middleton at his price point, I think we can find better values. Um, so it'll probably come down to guys like Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown for that game specifically. Looking at the, the late night hammers, a very good game, a 228 and a half team total or, or game total. Those are the second highest on the slate behind that Washington and Houston one. You get the um, Golden State Warriors as five point favorites here, and they have a 116.75 team implied total, third highest on the slate. Phoenix gets a 111.75 team implied total. I like some pieces and a good amount of pieces from this game. I like Kelly Oubre, who continues to impress and continues to score and continues to pick up peripherals and has continued to be underpriced. I think only 61 or 6,200 today. I think Steph Curry's a fine play at 9,500 with a very good matchup against him. He might draw Ricky Rubio for parts of this game. But Steph is really just the entire offense out there. And if Draymond Green does indeed, like we talked earlier, move from the 5 to the 4, well now, and you have Willie Cauley-Stein starting at the 5, that's how I would expect this to go. Well, it makes Willie Cauley-Stein a very good play at 4,700 against already what is a weak Sacramento or weak Phoenix defense against centers. And now it's going to be probably even weaker as they, as they have not really been starting traditional 5 players there or not had a traditional 5. Frank Kaminsky had been there. Aaron Baines, to an extent, has been there. That's more so a traditional 5, but... Not scaring anybody. Um, if Draymond goes to the four with his price now up, I probably won't have as much interest. It's still a good spot, but don't have as much interest in him. Just his overall upside in that price going up was really reflected and indicated because he was playing at the five and going off. When he's been playing at the four, he has not been as productive as you would imagine because he's farther away from the basket. Uh, playing at the five is just in the center position is just so much better for um, any type of four when they transition there. So Willie Cauley-Stein, I'd have interest in. I'd have interest in Steph. Glenn Robinson, the third, if we had Willie Cauley-Stein starting and have no interest in mind, he'd move to the three. So it's really just Willie Cauley-Stein and Steph from Golden State. And then if you look at Phoenix, Kelly Oubre is fine. If you really want to get to Ricky Rubio, he's fine. He'll probably have potentially be facing Steph. We'll see in this one. Steph might be on Booker. I don't know how much they really want to use Steph's um, defensive um, energy all that much by keeping him on Booker. But either way, um, Kelly Oubre is my favorite play from this spot, and then probably Ricky Rubio. I think that also Devin Booker's in a great spot. I mean, you see a nice pace spot, pace up spot here for them uh, based on last year, a nice team total of 111.75. I just like other players who I think have better ways of getting to kind of just a ceiling-type performance um, in this one, and there's a chance that Steph Curry sees Booker for parts of it, and I think there's just other players priced nicely in that range. So there's four players from this game I like. Does that mean you game stack it? No, you don't game stack in the NBA unless you're trying to predict overtime, and that's not what I'm trying to do with my money. Um, 
So that's just some of the spots that stand out. Sacramento also has a very good total. They're seven-point favorites. 117.75 is the second highest on the slate behind Houston. They get to go up against Sacramento today. Yes, I'm going to have a lot of interest in Bielitsa today at 4,400. And I hope, I hope, I hope that Harry Giles doesn't play. If Harry Giles plays, it's not like he's going to play 30 minutes and just take over. But there's a really good chance if Harry Giles plays that you might see 15 to 20 minutes. Go to Harry Giles if he's fully healthy. And that's a lot of minutes to go around and kind of caps what the ceiling and maybe even floor of Bielitsa is. So I like Bielitsa here today. Buddy Heald has been very much struggling and his price point continues to come down. It's a spot that I'm willing to take not a risk on because at this point, it's really hard for it to hurt you. He's priced at a point where it's usually his median projection. So I'll take another chance, another crack at Buddy Heald here in this 10 o'clock game um, and have interest in him in a spot where just Sacramento plays at such a fast pace and I don't expect that to change on the Charlotte side not much um, yeah, not, nothing stands out at all really um, and, and it shouldn't they have only a 106.3 team implied total that's one of the lower ones on the slate I believe that comes in as like the fourth lowest out of 22 teams right now so yeah it's really just Sacramento it's Bielitsa um, and I mean Deadman's fine to get to if you really want to get there he's center only which is a little bit of a problem if you want to pay up or really get to any decent sized centers in the mid-range um, and get the two of them so it's really just Bielitsa standing out and Buddy Heald at a reduced price tag let's go over officially to the early interest thank you for tuning in so far I really appreciate your support this is filtered by salary. I have some players in green because right now they're interest of mine. And this is without me doing my projections yet. So a lot of this can change. Um, it's really tough to try and do projections at five in the morning because you have to project about an hour and a half worth of minutes. Uh, and that's never fun in terms of trying to get that done by five in the morning. Just not possible. Um, so again, if you are a patron, you will see the projections around 1 p.m. today. And you can click the link down below to sign up as a patron, whether you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching on the video. What's up to both of you? Um, both or both platforms, I should say. So James Harden, Joel Embiid, Carlton Towns and Russell Westbrook. Those are the four first players in the list, uh, four most expensive. Those are the four studs I like a lot. I mean, Westbrook's price against Washington is just somewhat of a head scratcher here. $9,600. I get it. They're still kind of trying to figure out what these players' roles are going to be between Harden and Westbrook. And I guess they don't want to just price them both at like 10500 but that's probably where they should be. I mean, Westbrook has yet to score less than 50 points. And look, he, he's he's getting points. He's being staggered with James Harden, too. All their minutes are not coming together. So when that happens, he's just absolutely doing what he did in Oklahoma City and scoring on every single thing, uh, scoring on every single possession, whether it be actual points or whether it be rebounding and assists. He's still trying to get triple doubles out there. It's absolutely fantastic. Russell Westbrook at 9,600. Out of all these top four guys, it's it's close. It's very close, but he might be my favorite play, and he just happens to be the cheapest. James Harden, I like a lot at 10,100. I mean, it's not even like they're 15-point favorites. They're only like seven or eight-point favorites here today, so trying to project a blowout if you're one of those people, it doesn't really seem that viable. Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. I prefer Joel Embiid. Um, the problem is, uh, and I don't even want to say I prefer that. I don't want to be held to that just yet. It's really tough. The problem with Joel Embiid is he obviously has a ton of other playmakers around him between Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons in a great matchup individually. Tobias Harris in a great matchup individually. Uh, and then also Al Horford in a pretty good matchup individually against Robert Covington. So those are all spots that the offense can kind of go in and milk away some of Embiid's points. Now we've seen in all of last year, they had a ton of playmakers around them and they had Jimmy Butler there too. And it really wasn't some place that they wanted to just go and stop using Embiid. They still used him to an MVP caliber type season. I expect that to continue to happen. But Carl Anthony's town side of the ball, he's the only player. Like, yeah, Chef T had a good game the last time out. But he's, and, and Andrew Wiggins has had a couple of good games closing through the first two, at least. Uh, he's the only player, though, that they want to run this offense through. He's pretty much the same price, 9900 I have him in yellow right now because I really want to see how he projects out because this is going to be a tough matchup, so it's going to boost him down. But I just want to see how much it boosts him down based on his early point-per-minute success. So if I had to rank these top four guys that I have interest in above the $9,000 range right now, and again, it's early, so I'm not, uh, these things can change, but I would probably rank it as... 
number one, Russell Westbrook, number two, James Harden, three, Embiid, and four, Towns. And I love Carl Anthony Towns, so that is nothing discrediting him. It's just a spot where all these guys are priced very close together. And in terms of players getting to a 55 to 60 point ceiling, all these other guys have much easier matchups for themselves, uh, especially uh, James Harden and Westbrook. Next up is Kawhi Leonard, 8,800. It's a tough matchup against Utah, who's a team that struggled early on for defense, but now they seem to be improving. $8,800 um, in a spot where, uh, yeah, it, it's not the greatest of team totals. It's not the greatest of overall spots. Maybe I probably don't get here. Maybe I take him off this list because when I think about it, look, I think he's only priced 8800 What does he have to do for you? 45 points, and he's been doing that uh, on average or more than average. The issue here is I just don't think I ever pay that type of price point. I either go down in price or I go all the way back up. Kevin Love at 8,200 against a weaker Chicago team. I do like that. I mean, it's going to be a slow, slower paced game, a lower total, but he's been playing very well this year. He's a guy who is continuing to kind of add to it in both the rebounding sp- spot and also just double-double upside there. So he's fine at 8,200. Sabonis for $300 less against Brooklyn. Great matchup for Sabonis. Great matchup for Miles Turner. I'll prefer Sabonis for the increased price point and probably higher floor and ceiling. And you could also put him into power forward spot. Kyle Lowry at 7,400 gets Detroit. No Reggie Jackson. This Detroit team already struggles against point guards. And now undersized Tim Frazier. And, and don't play defense a lot. Derrick Rose are going to be out there <clears throat> against Kyle Lowry, who continues to have an impressive season and his, with no Kawhi Leonard through the first couple of games. And his price does not change. Malcolm Brogdon's price has changed. He's all the, he's all the way up to 7,300 with 6,900 the last time out continues to score 45 plus fantasy points. Jeremy Lamb is due back today and we'll see if he actually does play. This will take a couple of shots away from Brogdon, but Brogdon's just been like the the point guard out there. He's been uh, running this team right now. We'll have more difficult matchup maybe against Kyrie um, or Kyle Lowry today or Kyle Lowry, uh, Kyrie Irving today. So we'll see how that works out. 7,300 is starting to get to a price point where I still like it. He's obviously has a huge usage rate on this team. It's things that we have to adjust for because I don't think it stays this high, but I also don't think it's going to be nearly as low as it was when he was the third option maybe even the fourth option in some games behind Eric Bledsoe when he was with Milwaukee. So yeah, I think the guy's legit. Lou Williams, this is the price range I really like. This 6K range here with all these guys that I've listed. Lou Williams against Utah, surely a tough matchup. $6,800 though for how much he's going to be playing in these games and the usage he's going to have with Paul George still out for two weeks. I have to like it. RJ Barrett's one of my favorite plays in the slate right now. Look, a more difficult matchup against Orlando's defense, um, but $6,500 for a guy who continues to impress, continues to play like 35 plus minutes. Fisdale wants him to be out there, wants the rookie to shine in New York, and he's really done fantastic. He's right up there as probably the rookie of the year right now at this point. Um, And and if you factor in that there's no Alfred Payton today and potentially no Dennis Smith Jr. leaning towards Dennis Smith Jr. to be out, I think R.J. Barrett starts at the point guard position, which only helps him even more to pick up more assists and more double-double upside. Montrez Harrell at 6500 It's sort of like a meh play. Like, I get it. He's he's going to be a cheap price point, but a really tough matchup if he draws a lot of Gobert in this game. Now, Harrell will come off the bench, so probably be somewhat staggered and not see a lot of Gobert. Um, so it's just a very meh. At the same price, I'd rather go R.J. Barrett or uh, over Harrell. Kelly Oubre, 6200 Yeah, a spot that I like. I mean, Golden State is going to struggle on defense this year. I mean, you have D'Angelo Russell right? D'Angelo Russell, Glenn Robinson, the third, it's pretty much Draymond and then Steph, but Steph's going to have to take a lot more emphasis off of his defense because he's going to have to be a lot more active on the offensive side. So uh, a really good spot once again for Kelly Oubre, who continues to shine. And honestly, at this point should be a 65 to $6,700 player. Uh, Fred Van Vliet at 6,100 continues to see huge minutes, has a good matchup against Detroit. 
And he's been shooting terrible since opening night, like terrible, like in the teens, in the 20s, in the 30s. If he just shoots fine based on the minutes he's playing and the peripherals he's gathering, he'll be a 35 fantasy point scorer. I like that tonight. Frank Kaminsky, I have in yellow. It's a, it's a matchup against Golden State. And if Frank Kaminsky, if you get Draymond at the four, Frank Kaminsky should start playing at the five in his minutes, even if he doesn't continue to start and Baines does. I like that a lot more if indeed. Now, Draymond should pick up some five minutes, but I like that a lot more if Draymond's not starting there and you get a lot of minutes with Draymond against Kaminsky at the five. 5,500 kind of a borderline price point uh Rui Hachimura Hachimaria Maria whatever it is um $5,400 Washington against Houston he's just been very solid um he's been a very solid uh, player in terms of just um even he's not relying on shooting either I'm picking up a ton of rebounds at 5400 I think I might prefer him to Frank Kaminsky here uh, depending on what these matchups look like Spencer Dimwitty at 5200 continues to come off the bench continues to play very well for Brooklyn that price tag is something that I'm willing to eat at 5200 because it's probably $300 too cheap Willie Cauley-Stein if he starts at center for 4700 against his banged up Phoenix team that's already bad against centers already um yeah I like that Obviously, no more Rashawn Holmes there to back up uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, but either way, it wouldn't have been that much of a difference, but what you have there now is Frank Kaminsky and Aaron Baines. Uh, Willie cauley has never been the biggest of producers in his career, so 4,700 is not an automatic smash play in my opinion, but it's a nice play to get a center in a late-night game and a good matchup on a team that has a projected total of 116.75. Bielitsa at 4,400. Watch Harry Giles' status, but I like Bielitsa here. Aaron Baines is in yellow, and so is George Hill. Aaron Baines at 4,200. Look, the last time out, he had a very, very difficult matchup. Now he'll get a much easier matchup against Golden State, again, especially if Draymond starts at the 4, because Baines will get a lot of his minutes at the 5. $4,200. He's Look, I think I prefer Aaron Baines to Frank Kaminsky for $1,300 less um, on the same team, and Baines is probably starting. Much easier matchup for him today. George Hill at 3,500. This is just a value play, right? He's going up against Boston. He'll have a lot of tough matchups when he's out there, but he's 3,500, and he's been playing decent to big minutes and having productive nights. It's just a value play right now that's built in. You don't have to worry about injuries, but it's probably one that I don't get to at the end of the day. I think more stuff will open. And lastly, $3,300 New Orleans Noel. I have him listed in red here. And the only reason he's in red is he's probably not going to be needed today, right? Watch Steven Adams' status. But if for some reason, Steven Adams, the guy who's one of the toughest players in the league, but if he misses today for some reason, uh, well, then, yeah, hammer in New Orleans Noel at 3,300 in almost all of your lineups against Portland, where, yeah, sure, Hassan Whiteside is there. But then it's like Mario Hazonia at the four. Um, that's not a spot that really scares me all that much. Uh, so keep an eye on it. But that is all for right now. These are the early interests. I will put it back on the injury dashboard for anybody still watching. And if you are still watching, let me know down below, who is your favorite player tonight in the 6K range on DraftKings? Let me know. My projections will be out, one, out at 1 p.m. today. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow me on all my social medias. You can check out Patreon down below for exclusive content. And if you're still listening on the audio version, hit me with a five-star rate and review to be entered into a raffle. On Saturday, I will announce three people who will get a free entry into Fantasy Draft's main event this Sunday. My name is Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.